Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 48 called Maggie. So today's episode is sponsored by Prove, the first five minute at home progesterone test to confirm ovulation. Progesterone is the hormone released after ovulation and it needs to be elevated high enough for long enough to confirm successful ovulation. Problems with ovulation can make it difficult to get pregnant, but with Prove, you can figure out if you are ovulating successfully right from your very own home. This critical information can change the game when it comes to trying to conceive. What I love most about Prove is that it was invented by Amy Beckley, a PhD scientist and infertility warrior whose journey lasted three long years and included seven miscarriages. She suspected that she was having trouble ovulating properly in her own journey, and lo and behold, she was right. She got a progesterone supplement to help and successfully conceived just a couple of cycles later. Her progesterone miracle is now six years old. So you guys know I love female-founded companies, and you know I love products that can truly help you go through this awful infertility road. So check out Prove. The best part is that they're giving Infertile AF listeners a special discount code. Go to provetest.com, enter the code infertileaf 20 and you'll get 20% off your very first order. Thanks, Prove. On this episode, I'm partnering with Extend Fertility, which was founded on the premise that democratizing egg freezing could ultimately change the fertility industry and deliver better results. Their co-founder, Dr. Joshua Klein, who is near and dear to my heart because he was actually my doctor, and you may have heard me interview him in episode 36 of this podcast, is a brilliant, supportive, and overall awesome doctor. And he's a bit of a disruptor because when he observed that IVF's success rate was low for women over 40 and its high cost was disappointing for doctors and patients alike, he took matters into his own hands. He saw the opportunity to help women think more proactively about their fertility and he founded Extend Fertility, which began offering egg freezing at 40% below the national average. By 2017, they were the largest egg freezing practice in the nation, and today they've expanded to offer a full range of infertility services, including IVF, in a small practice environment that's more personal, higher quality, and more data-driven. So to make an appointment with Extend or find out more, Go to extendfertility.com and make sure to tell them that Infertile AF sent you. Thanks. So today's story is absolutely incredible. Maggie is a mom to two miracle babies born 30 days apart. She had Sam via surrogate, and then almost exactly a month later, she had Charlie via a surprise pregnancy after years of infertility struggles. So today she's going to tell us all about her story how it all happened, and how she's raising the boys basically as twins. So I want to thank Maggie so much. This is a really good, uplifting story. She also has an awesome Instagram, bean period and period biscuit, bean and biscuit, which is what they call their boys. So without further ado, this is Maggie's infertility story. So hi, Maggie. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I can't wait to hear your story. I'm just going to have you kind of talk us through the whole thing. You have a very interesting story and I'm just going to let you 
tell us? What's the situation at home right now? Okay. Well, the situation at home right now is that I have two baby boys. One is going to be six months on the 30th and the other is going to be five months on the 30th. (laughs) Okay. So tell me how this all happened. And it's so amazing. So it, it was pretty crazy. Still, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. But we just tried to have a family pretty much like every, how everybody else, you know, you get married and then you're married for a little while and you're like, okay, time to start trying for kids. So we started trying probably like a year after we got married and we got married in 2015. And I, you know, I bought like the ovulation sticks and I had an app that was tracking my cycle. So I was like serious about, I wanted to be pregnant. Like I would have gotten pregnant before we got married, but you know, that's frowned upon sometimes. So, right. So you knew right out of the gate, you wanted to have kids. I was basically just waiting for my husband to get on board. So I started right out of the gate serious about it. So um, how old were you at that point? I was, I think I was 28. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I think I was 28, maybe 29. So I, you know, I was, I wanted to have my kids done by the time I was 30. I, I wanted two and I wanted them close together. So I was like, we better get, get going, you know? So I, we, we started and we would, we'd had everything timed up and then, you know, you take the pregnancy test. And I always took them like the day that you could. So a lot of times when they were negative, I thought like, Oh, I just took it too early. Like, so I would take like a hundred tests. <laughs> um, and then after probably like, I don't know, like nine months, maybe I went to my OB and I knew that it, I knew that it could take like six to 12 months. So I was trying not to be crazy and like go Mm -hmm. in after like the third month. So I waited until like nine months, I think. And she like kind of laughed at me. I think she like probably gets this all the time from impatient people, like thinking something's wrong when, when they really just aren't giving it enough time. And so she was like, we can do some preliminary testing and stuff if you want, but really I would just keep doing what you're doing. You're still young. And, and like, I didn't have anything that we knew of at the time you know, that would prevent me from getting pregnant. So, um, did you feel like she kind of blew you off or was that okay? I like both. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I, I assumed that she just probably got it all the time, but also I was like, nine months is a long time. And I'm, I'm 28. Like I'm almost 30. And even though like now that I know in the fertility world, like that's really not that old, but mm-hmm. I felt like I was too close to 30. Mm-hmm. And did you so, have a feeling that maybe something was off? Cause I've had, talked to people before that you just kind of know sometimes if like, there's something amiss like in your yeah, body. I, I think like, that's funny. You should say that no one's ever asked me that before, but I feel like before we even started trying, I had the thought, like, if any of my friends are going to have to do IVF, I bet it's going to be me. Like, I just, I don't know why I thought that. Like, I really had no reason to think that. But my, yeah, it was just like kind of a feeling. And after like a couple months of trying, I started being like, maybe something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I've always had like really painful periods and they've always been like a lot worse than anybody I ever knew. Mm. 
so I was, I was like, maybe something, maybe there's something to be said for that. Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever think endometriosis or anything like that? Yeah, I did, which I later got tested for all of that and didn't have any of it. Through the whole process, like I didn't feel any more stressed than I normally do. Like, yeah, during IVF cycles and like if I had to go do a baby shower or something like that, like it was a little more stressful, but like my day daily life and attitude, like I wasn't like a stressed out person. So I didn't think like that it was a mind body type thing, but (laughs) sometimes your, your body just, even if you don't think you're stressed, like it still does what it's going to do. So Mm -hmm. that's probably, um, kind of what played a role in my story. But anyways, so at that time when I went to see my doctor, like she did kind of blow me off. She did the testing for me though. And she suggested that I try Clomid. Mm, okay. Um, so I did that. I took, I did like the blood test. Nothing was amiss. And my husband did like the preliminary sperm test and everything was good there. And then I also did an HSG test at that time and everything was fine there. So I was like, okay, maybe I just need like this little extra boost in my ovulation. Like, so we did that for three months and then nothing. So then she referred me to a fertility clinic after that. Okay. So then when I went there, I did like some more in-depth testing, like some genetic screens and that kind of thing. Um, and then we talked about whether we should do IUI or IVF. And I like had heard of some of my friends had done IUI before or like not close friends, but just like people that I had knew that, Mm -hmm. um, had tried it before. And I didn't know anybody that it worked for. I knew of probably like five people that Mm -hmm. had done IUI and like none of it, none of them had worked for them. So I kind of wasn't like excited about doing that, but we wanted to just like try with like a least expensive, least invasive type of try just because all the testing was coming back that everything was fine. So. Right. And did um, you guys have, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have to say, but was insurance covering any of it or was it like. um, No. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't covering anything. So we decided to just go that route. And then, so that didn't work obviously. And I was like, I would rather just like, if we're going to be spending all this money, like I'd rather do it on something that's like a more surefire bet Mm -hmm. instead of like wasting our money on something that's like basically the same as having sex. It's just timed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you did one round of IUI. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And so then we just went straight into IVF. And at the first clinic that I was at, she didn't recommend us doing the PGS testing. And I think that was just because I was under 30 and I didn't have any like history of any chromosomal abnormalities. Mm -hmm. So, and she also, you know, was like, anytime we mess with the embryos, it like kind of compromises like the integrity of the embryo. And if we don't have to mess with them, we don't want to. And that kind of made sense to me. So we, we bypassed that at the time. How was the, just packing up a little bit, how were like the drugs and the retrieval and all that for you that first time? Um, It was kind of what I expected. And 
like I kind of was just so excited to be like on the road to starting our family that I really didn't care right about all the um injections it was kind of scary at first but like they you really don't feel them like you kind of are bruised and and um that kind of thing after it sucks having to do them all the time but like it wasn't that bad and emotionally like like the hormones and stuff like they didn't really affect me as much as I like was thinking they would mm-hmm. okay um, that's good yeah so i it wasn't too, it wasn't too terrible all in all with the injections and stuff i will say like the egg retrieval like just leading up to it i was it was so uncomfortable like it felt like i had like 50 golf balls in my uterus and okay. so oh, that was like get? terrible <laughs> did you end up with a lot of eggs yeah i i the my first egg retrieval i think i had like 28 or something like that so I had, I had a lot of eggs and then I don't remember all the numbers going into like ICSI and then the three days and then mm-hmm. whatever, but we ended up with 12 embryos, Okay, which at my clinic was like a ton of embryos. Yeah, that's high. So we were like super excited. They, they um, did like a visual grading system on them and mm. they were all like supposedly really good embryos too. So mm-hmm. I was just super excited. It's um, so funny because they're like, they're beautiful. And you're like looking at these pictures Bob. and you're like, I have no idea, but okay, I'll take your <laughs> yeah. word for it. And of course I Googled like, what does a good embryo look like? And right. they all look different. And I'm right. like, they look like that. <laughs> but anyway, so the first transfer, we only put one in and it didn't take... So then the second transfer, uh, we decided that we would put two in just to like make our odds a little bit Mm -hmm. better. And then that one didn't take. How long was it between the first and the second? Um, I just kind of wanted to like get right into it. So I didn't wait, but my clinic did batch transfers. So Mm -hmm. like they do everybody in the same week or whatever. So like if your cycle, if you miss it or whatever, you have to like wait a whole month and they put you on medication to like dictate what time. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of that before? I haven't heard of that. I've heard of batch testing, but I haven't heard of batch transfers. It's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It was terrible. Because <laughs> you had to wait? It. Yeah. Because you had to wait. And um, I, I'm not patient at all. So. Yeah. I think that's okay. one of the hardest parts about this whole infertility thing in general is just so much waiting. So much waiting. And, and I'm like, impatient too by nature. Yeah. So it's it's just so tough. And the waiting is like a whole month or sometimes even like six weeks. So right. like it's not even quick waiting. It's, right. it's long. Mm-hmm. So then we did our third transfer and I put two in that time too. So we've now used five embryos mm-hmm. and that one didn't take either. Oh my God. How are you feeling? This must've been super emotional for you. Yeah. At this point I was like, cause like when the first one didn't take, I was like, okay, well it works at my clinic. They said like 65% of the time. So I was like, that's like 50, 50 pretty much. So mm-hmm. if it doesn't work the first time, it's probably going to work the second time. Right. So then it didn't work the second time. And so then I was kind of like, okay, well it's definitely going to work this time. And we're putting in two and like, mm-hmm. I just was, sure it was going to work the third time. Mm -hmm. And then when it didn't, I was kind of like, oh my God, like, is something wrong with me? Like, what, like, is there anything else we can do? Can we tweak some medicine? Like, these are all the things that were going through my mind. Right. Um, My doctor called to 
like tell me that the that it didn't work. And I was kind of expecting her to like come to me with all these things, like, let's tweak this, let's do this procedure or let's whatever. And she kind of was just like, I don't know what's going on. Like I talked to the other doctor at the practice and he really doesn't like, can't see any like reason why this isn't working either. And I just was like, okay. That's so, so tough. Cause you're like, you're the doctor. You're supposed to know <laughs> yeah, what are the that's answers. Like, that's exactly how I felt. Or at least like tell me like, well, we have all these other embryos. Like, let's just try again. I don't right. know. And so I didn't get any of that. So I, I sort of, I kind of felt like she was giving up on me and mm. I wasn't ready to, I was like, so what are you telling me? Like, I just need to stop trying or what? Like it mm-hmm. was, it was a really weird conversation. Yeah. And so I guess, wait, sorry, let me backtrack. Sure. Before, before the third transfer, we did decide to do a laparoscopy to see if I had endometriosis. So we had already done that and I did not have any at that time. So I did that surgery and that was pretty bad. I don't know if you've ever done it. I haven't had it myself, but I've heard that it's horrible. Yeah. It's not. It sounds so painful. It was pretty painful and it just like the recovery. And then that was like another month. I had to wait a month to take the surgery and then a month to recover from it. So Mm that was like kind of annoying. So, um, we did do that. And then I also did like a mock transfer so that they could do like the uterus scratch to see what the exact like hour I needed to put the embryo in. Mm, So we had done that too. Wow. Um, so all in at this point, it's been what, about a year since you started trying or longer? Uh, well, I started at IVF after naturally trying for a year and then my first three transfers probably took close to a year too. Okay. Wow. So I'm probably like almost two years into right. it. And meanwhile, I'm sure some of your friends are having babies with no problems, Oh yeah, right? like all of them. Every, yeah. Like almost every single one of my friends. And I think I was like the second one to start trying. <sighs> so I was just, yeah, it was frustrating. And then like my two very, very best friends, like they got pregnant at the same time. Oh. So they were, it's so like every time we would go to dinner, like nobody would get wine and but me and I was just like, Ugh, right. <laughs> I would be like crying into my wine glass. Like, yeah. I understand. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also like didn't talk to anybody about any of this. Like I was super private about it. I mm. like I had told them that I was going to see a, a fertility doctor, but it was just really like, and I had told them when I did the IUI and then when I had to tell them that it didn't work, like I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like every time. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. Gonna, yeah. It's exhausting. And like when people know, like you have tests coming up and stuff, like they're wanting to know, like, are you pregnant? Are you not? Did it work? Did it not? And then, you know, it's just, you have to have that conversation over and over. And so I just decided after that, like, when I have good news to tell, I'll tell them. And until then, like, I'm just going to kind of keep this between like my husband and I. So that makes sense. Yeah. So they knew we were trying and struggling and they were super sensitive, like honestly amazing, like with the whole thing and like them being pregnant and having babies and all that. It, It was, it was probably the best situation it could have been, even though inside I was like dying every day, but right. I just, it was easier for me to do that than to like keep everybody updated every single time. Like, yeah, it just adds another layer of like something you have to do or something you have to deal with. And it's, I feel like it's just to be, it gets to be too much at a certain point. 
yeah, it definitely, it definitely was better for me to just kind of keep it, keep it private. I'm sure for my friends, like not knowing for two years, what was going on with my baby making was probably hard for them, but mm-hmm. I, I was happy that they kind of just let me do my thing. Mm-hmm. But so back to my, um, journey to these babies after that had happened with that doctor, I decided that I wanted to just switch clinics. And so we um, transferred our embryos over to another um, clinic and got a new doctor. And he was actually like shocked that after the first time it didn't work, that we didn't test the embryos just to make sure that they were like normal and that we weren't putting in embryos that we're likely not going to take anyways. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to start from scratch just so that he could like follow the embryos from start to finish and just like know exactly like how they were made and you know what their deal was like for their entire life not just like having them transferred over from like another doctor and another lab right which made sense to me so I did another egg retrieval and at this new clinic like they do everything on your time so like there was no waiting or anything like that. Like we just, everything kind of happened quickly mm-hmm. at this new place. So I did another egg retrieval. We tested those embryos. And then I also tested my old ones at the same time. Interesting. Um, and of my old embryos, four of them like didn't make it past the thaw. So I only had two left from that batch. Mm-hmm. And then my other embryos, I think I had six. Mm-hmm. So I had eight total. Okay. And they all came back genetically normal. Okay. Which my doctor was also surprised. He's like, I can't believe you had a hundred percent normal embryos. Like that never really happens. And they were all like really high graded too. So mm-hmm. he was really pumped and like had a really good feeling about everything. So then I was like super excited too. And okay. then we did a transfer and we only put one in like at that clinic, if you test them and, and you know, you're putting in a good embryo, they, they don't want to do two just mm-hmm. because it's risky to carry two babies and all that. Right. So we got the call, the blood test, the pregnancy test, and it didn't work. Oh, and God. I was just super bummed. I was like, God, something has to be wrong with me. Right. Like what? It must have been so devastating because you're like, what's going on? Like this is supposed to be working and nobody can figure out why it's not. Yes. It was torture. Really, it was torture. I was, I just didn't understand. And mm-hmm. like nobody could tell me anything. And at this new clinic, there was like six other doctors there and like none of them really knew either. But my doctor was like, I'm still pretty like optimistic. Like let's tweak. He's like, I'm going to, he added in, it was like a blood thinner injection. Okay. And so we added that. I had never taken that before. So I'm like, at this point, that's supposed to help with implantation, right? I feel like I've had that as well. Yes. It's supposed to like help with like the blood flow to your uterus. Uh Okay. Um, yeah. And so, but like before he had suggested that, like, I was just so like, in the dark place. Like I didn't even want to think about doing it again. I was, I was mostly like, if I can't carry this baby, like maybe we should look into surrogacy. We have all these good embryos. And like, I, I was so like heartbroken at the thought of like not being able to like carry and deliver my own baby. But 
at the same time, I just wanted to be a mom more than like I cared about that. Right. And so I looked into it. My husband at that point was kind of like, that doesn't sound necessary, right? Like yet, like, let's just we mm-hmm. keep going down this road. And I was like, this isn't going to work. Like we've tried this four times. We've used like six embryos at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I was ready to just like throw in the towel. So I contacted a, a surrogacy agency just to get like the information and talk to her. And, um, meanwhile, the doctor and my husband kind of talked me into like letting them, letting us try like one more time, um, with this new injection. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was like, okay, that's fine with me. But I made my husband promise me that if it didn't work this time that we could call the surrogacy agency like that day. Okay. Um, so he said that was fine. And I was like in communication with the agency. I, the whole time I was like, I'll probably be calling you like at the end of the month, like just have our paperwork on standby, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we did the transfer. And then, um, on the 10th day I was waiting for like the negative phone call and my doctor called and he was like, congratulations, you're pregnant. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, walk, I was about to walk into a meeting at work and I was like in shock. I was like bawling my eyes out. I was Uh like, I didn't believe him. I was like, are you sure? Right. Cause was this the first time you'd actually been pregnant (laughs) ever? Wow. Yeah. And like, I just got the chills. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't, I never took the home pregnancy test. I did the first time and they tell you not to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was so upset when it was negative. So I never did, took another test after that. I just waited for the blood test. Yeah. It's so hard to wait, but yeah, I was able to wait for mine too, but it's so hard. Well, I had to like completely rid my house of pregnancy tests or I would have taken Mm -hmm. them, but yeah, it's really hard. And so I just, I didn't, I don't know. I felt the same. I always did. So I just was like, it's negative. I don't care. I'm calling the surrogacy people. So let's just get this over with. But then it was positive. So I just was like, I couldn't believe it. I called my husband. He like couldn't believe it. We both were just like crying on the phone. I was like, why are this sucks? We're doing this over the phone. But like, I had to tell you. And so anyways, we told our parents and we were just like so excited. And then we went back for like the subsequent blood testing and our numbers were getting bigger. They just like weren't getting as big as they were supposed to. So, um, I went back like a couple more times until they started dropping. And then my doctor was like, well, it looks like your guys are miscarrying. And that was probably like a week after we found out we were pregnant. So it was like a week, maybe mm-hmm. like a little bit longer. Cause you have to wait like a couple days in between. Right. So I just was like, so bummed and so upset. And like, I wanted to know like why that was happening because I had always thought that like you miscarried because something was wrong with your embryo Mm -hmm. and we put in a great embryo. So I just was like, what happened to it? Like, why didn't it last? And he was like, honestly, I have no idea. Like it should not have miscarried. I don't know what happened because 
I was still taking all the medicine and the progesterone and that blood thinner. Like I was still taking all this, all the medicine you take to support a pregnancy. So I just was like so bummed. And, mm-hmm. but like on the other hand, like I was so relieved to like know that it was possible for my body to get pregnant. Cause before that, I just thought I never would right. know what that was like. Yeah, I get it. But at that time, I like wasn't, I was like not mentally ready to like go through that again. Like I could not do another round and then have that happen again or even like not work again. Like I just, I don't know how to explain it. I just was like over it. Mm-hmm. So, and my doctor kind of like also agreed with me. He's like, maybe we'll just do the surrogate. You can get one baby under your belt and then maybe that'll take the pressure off. And then like, we can try IVF with you for any other babies you guys want. Cause you do have all these embryos left. So like, mm-hmm. why don't we just try that? And so my husband and I both were like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Okay. So we called the agency and set up our meetings. They matched us with a surrogate and um did it happen pretty quickly or what did it take yeah, a minute? Yes. So I miscarried in August and she was pregnant with our baby in November. Wow. Okay. So yeah. you used obviously one of the embryos you already had. Yeah. Did yeah. They just so picked like helped. the most healthy one or whatever one looked the best. Yeah. Yes. So we like, I found out the genders and I actually had seven boys and one girl. Wow. <laughs> so, um, I really like, it really wasn't like a choice of like, which one should we put in? Like <laughs> they were like all boys. So, but I had them like rank them anyways from like best to worst. So we just like went down the line mm-hmm. and so I knew they were putting a boy in her. Okay. And yeah, it just, it took on the first try. Wow. And so she, cool. yeah, I kind like, I honestly was like, she, it was, so she has four of her own children and she did a surrogacy one other time. So I was like, she's really good at being pregnant. I have a really good feeling about this, but they tell you like, it might not work on the first try or the second try. Like in our contract, we had to like say how many times we were willing to try and all okay. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, with the same surrogate? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, so did you form a relationship with her too or like how? Yeah. Yes. We, how did so, that go? Um, yeah. She lived about an hour away from us. So I didn't see her except for at appointments, but we texted like almost every day or at least like every Tuesday, which was like our week, mm-hmm. our our time every time we were one more week ahead. Um, okay. So we talked a lot and I really liked her. It was, and she, she really wanted like the, she really wanted the pregnancy to feel like it was mine. Like, so she, like, I went to every single appointment and she told me every single time, like anything happened, like anytime she felt any certain way or anything, like she let me know. I love that. Yeah. It was like, it was, it was like the best it could be in that situation. Um, and they, they did a great job matching us up because some people don't, some surrogates don't want to like, you know, have that much mm-hmm. contact and some intended parents don't want, you know, they just want you to like carry their baby and then right. have it. Like they don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure at a certain point, if you've been through so much, you're probably just like, let's just not deal with all the minutia and just like, 
in yeah. a good headspace. Some people might think that I'd, I would be like you where I'd want to be like, text me every time it kicks. <laughs> yes, I was. And I told yeah. like, and that was like part of the matching process. Like I was like, I really, I'm, I already know I'm going to be nuts. So like mm-hmm. it needs to be somebody who doesn't care if I text them like a hundred times a day. Right. And I, I wasn't actually that crazy, but <laughs> I just wanted her to be aware that I might be that crazy. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not really going to text you a hundred times a day, yeah. but I might. Yes. So, um, they did a really good job of matching us up with like same expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's great. Um, so pregnancy is going well. Can you talk a little bit more about just use, you know, working with a surrogate? I'm sure there's people who are listening who maybe are considering it or they're on the fence. Is there anything that, you know, made you kind of come to that decision more so than something else or to use one? Yeah. I mean, I know you were at a point where it wasn't, you know, you're kind of up against the wall, right? Like it wasn't happening. So, but if somebody has reservations, is there something you could tell them that maybe would make them feel better about doing it? Cause I think, you know, yeah, I mean, I think like no matter what you hear or what, like no matter what any, you could hear of like a hundred great experiences, but you just really don't like know how you're going to feel until someone else is carrying your baby. It's, Mm -hmm. it's honestly like the weirdest thing ever. Mm -hmm. And you just like, and it's kind of scary because you don't know how you're going to feel until you're doing it. And at that point, like if you freak out or if you like, you know, have just anxiety or whatever, like there's really nothing you can do about it at that point. But on the other hand, you have a baby on the way. So you really don't care about anything Mm -hmm. except for that. So it's, it's really scary. Mm -hmm. And like my biggest advice would be to go through an agency because you do get paired with people who are like pre-vetted and screened and there's like a million page contract and you put every single thing in it before the baby is transferred. And like you find some comfort in that, just knowing that like the other party is like legally bound to like respect your Mm -hmm. wishes. And it's a two way street. So, you Mm -hmm. know, like we couldn't put anything in there that she wasn't comfortable with and she couldn't put anything in there that we weren't comfortable with. So it it is when you work with an agency, it just takes away all that extra awkwardness. And like, if you know, you, you kind of go through a third party too. So it's not as, you know, it's more comfortable to get things the way you want them. Yeah. It gives you Um, peace of mind. I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, my sister, she's young, five years younger than me. And she was like, I'll do it for you, whatever. But, you know, then I was like, well, I would never forgive myself if something happened to you or if like you couldn't have your own kids or mm-hmm. whatever. So it was just kind of nice, like using somebody that we didn't know already who was like completely had like no dog in the fight, like just honestly doing it out of the goodness of her heart. Right, right. Um, that makes perfect sense. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah, so that was kind of like, where I was going into all this with that frame of mind. And it, and, and it worked out really well. Obviously, you know, with any situation that's this sensitive, there's hurdles and ups and downs. And for the most part, like we had the most absolute amazing experience mm-hmm. and I would do it again. 
Okay. But, you know, there's always just hormones and it's just a sensitive situation, I guess. So like, I don't want anyone to think that it's like rainbows and butterflies the whole entire time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's definitely stuff and anxieties and, and like, you do have those moments where you're, you feel like left out or you just want to know what it feels like, but you, you can't, and you don't have that bond with your baby yet because like you're not carrying them, Mm -hmm. but you know everything about them and you can see them and stuff. It's just, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, the whole time I was kind of like comparing myself to my husband. Like I just kept telling myself like, I'm just the dad. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I've never get... heard it described that way before. That's so good. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. they don't get to feel any of this until after right. the baby's born either. And like, they don't have any, usually that I know of, you know, like all the dads I know are just as bonded with their baby as the moms. And right. so I just kept telling myself like, I'm just okay. the dad. <laughs> okay. Wow. I love that. That's so good. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, so then what happened? So then, like I said, she told us she was pregnant in November. Like it was like the day after Thanksgiving, I think. So like the very end of November. And then we went to Florida for Christmas mm-hmm. and I was supposed to start my period in Florida and I never did, but I figured it was just cause I was on vacation and like things were wonky or whatever. Like I, I was like, I'll probably just start when I get home. Mm-hmm. And then New Year's came and went and my husband actually was like the one that asked me, Hey, did you ever get your period? And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, actually I didn't. I forgot because this was like the first time I didn't have to track my period or know like any of that stuff. I just like didn't care and like, wasn't even thinking about it anymore. It was so wonderful. And he was like, well, do you want to take a pregnancy test? And I was like, no, (laughs) haha like I'm not pregnant we've been through this like right you're like I've taken enough of those yeah um and he was like well let's just like take a test just to be sure and I was like okay that's fine I don't care and like all the other times that I had when we had been trying naturally like I would not get my I'd be like a day or two late for my period and then I would take the test and then it would be negative and then I would get my period like five minutes later so I was like I'm sure that's that I'll take this test and then I'm going to get my period tonight mm-hmm. or whatever. So I took the test and it was not negative. God, what it, went through your mind when you saw that? Um, well, so I peed on a stick and then I like laid it on the bed and I went into the bathroom to change. And my husband was like coming up the stairs, like he knew I was taking it. And so we kind of like walked into the bedroom at the same time. And I saw the word pregnant on there, but I like was getting a little closer so I could like see the word not at the top. Right. And when I saw that it was pregnant, I just like gasped and like put my hands over my face. Like, (sighs) oh my God. And he was like, what does it say? And I just was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And he was like, so then he ran and looked because I could not even say the words. Mm -hmm. And we both just looked at each other like, is that real? (laughs) And then we were just like laughing and crying and we were kind of like, and then also we were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. 
Um, so it was like a hundred emotions at one time. I'm sure. Um, so then I like got on my phone and like went to one of those due date calculators. Cause I was like, when did this happen? Like, when is this baby coming? Mm-hmm. And the due date was exactly a month after our other due date. Oh my God. That's I know. Wild. I was like, Oh my God. That's oh, wild. and just another funny tidbit I should let you know is that I always ovulated like 14 days after I started my period. And once we knew that the, that our surrogate was pregnant on like that 14th ish day, mm-hmm. we were joking around and my husband was like, should we try? And I was like, no, <laughs> we were like, no, we, sh-. and like, we were like, well, no, we definitely should just not even risk it. So we like stayed away from each other for like a week. Like, we Oh did- my God. Yeah. So that was the other weird thing. Like I have to assume that I just ovulate either before or after I thought that I do. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I definitely didn't think I was pregnant. Cause I was like, we, we like avoided it. We, right. so I don't know. I don't know when or how it happened. It's but. just one of those things where you're, yeah. it's inexplicable, right? It's like, yeah. wow. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, so then we called our parents and told them and they were like nuts. <laughs> what did they um, say? <laughs> they, uh, my mom, like the first thing she said was like, I hope it's a girl. <laughs> and his mom was like, just she couldn't believe it. She like thought we were joking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the reaction. And then did you had. tell you told the surrogate? What did she say? Yeah. So I didn't tell her until I had um gone to the doctor just to like totally make sure. Okay. Yeah, that's smart. Um and she like wasn't surprised. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, she's like, Well, you've been pregnant before and you were going to like try again. And like, I knew eventually you were going to be pregnant. I just didn't think it would be this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, well, I didn't know this was going to (laughs) happen. Like, so wild. I know. And I guess she's like in a lot of surrogate like groups and Mm -hmm. like this one month apart, like does not happen commonly, but I think like a lot of intended parents do end up getting pregnant after they have a baby with surrogate. It was, I mean, it's all the things, right? It's like scary. It's awesome. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. I'm sure it was, it was super crazy. So then I went to my fertility doctor for like the first nine or 10 weeks, however long you stay with fertility before they, you like graduate to a real Mm -hmm. OB. So we both were at the OB for a little, or at the, um, fertility doctor for a little while. And then, and, and so like we were four weeks apart. So we are, all of our checkups like coincided with each other Mm -hmm. since we go every four weeks. Right. Um, So were you going together to the same place? Yes. So our doctor, um, we, uh, it wasn't my normal OB, but she was like already in this network of hospitals. So she went to the one closer to my house. Um, and then once I found out I was pregnant, I just started going to that doctor too. So we could Mm -hmm. go to the same doctor. So we like went to all of our appointments together at the same time. Um, So I'm sure, can I ask too, I'm sure you were maybe a little nervous too, right? Like having had so many losses before. Yeah. Oh, I was super nervous. Like I, they actually, when I went to, when I called to tell them that I was pregnant, they had me come in and do the beta test, like the blood test. Mm Mm-hmm. So I was super nervous, like I wanted my numbers to be high or whatever. And um, they called me the next day and they were like, 
or they called me that day and they were like, your number, I don't even remember what it is now, but I knew from my previous loss that it was not a good number. And I was devastated. I was like, why would this happen to me? Like, why would I get pregnant randomly out of nowhere on my own and then it not work out? And then Mm -hmm. like the next day, the nurse called and she was like, I was like bawling my eyes out. And she was like, we weren't on the same page. Like she thought I was crying because I was pregnant with a second baby. Mm -hmm. And I was crying because I thought I was losing the pregnancy. And she was like, so we finally, she was like, why are you so upset? And I was like, and I told her and she's like, I, I was calling to set up an ultrasound because your number is so, was so high. Oh my God. And they had accidentally told me instead of the, um, H or the HCG number, they gave me the progesterone number. Which oh, wow. is like, yeah. So like my number, I thought it was like 51 or something. And it was really like 21,000 or something. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was, yeah. And so I already had a scare and I was like, she's like, if you want to come in right now and do an ultrasound, you can like, I'm so sorry. I don't know how, how that happened. I feel so bad. And so I like rolled out of bed. I didn't get out of bed for like two days because I thought I was miscarrying. And Mm -hmm. so I went in there, I was like, I haven't showered in two days, but I'm coming right now. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay. So when we went and so then I went and they were like, it's really early. So like, there might not be a heartbeat. So don't like worry, but there, there might be. And then I, when I went, there was a heartbeat. And so we were all like cheering and it was so, it was just, I was, it it was honestly going from like the worst day of my life to the best day of my life in one hour. It was (laughs) I saw on your Instagram, you guys had champagne the day you found oh, yeah. out and all yes. that stuff. We had champagne. Yes. I had like one little sip because I was like, I drank right. the whole time we were in Florida. I'm not like <laughs> having any more alcohol. But this right, right. Yes. But oh my God, um, that's so amazing. So tell me yeah. about the births. Okay. So your son, the first one is Sam, right? Yes. Okay. And what happened with that Sam, birth? Did everything um, go out okay? Yeah. Everything with both babies like was great. And they both got induced like six days early and she chose not to have an epidural. So that was, that was, she is like a superhero. I don't Mm -hmm. know how she did that. Were Um, you in the room with her? Yeah. So we were in the room, we had a room right next to her so that when the baby was born, like we could take him into our own room and um, spend time with him and Mm -hmm. let her like recover and stuff. Wait, this is so, a question and sorry if it's like sounds really dumb, but did you ever think like, oh, maybe we should induce some at the same time or has anybody ever, um, I'm sure somebody's asked you that. Before. I had thought that I was like, I mean, you want them in there cooking as long as possible, right? Yes. So, yeah. Would, but I was kind of like, well, if he, if Sam went two weeks late and Charlie went two weeks early, <laughs> they could be on the same day. Right. Um, I mean, not that it matters at all. You just want them yeah. to be healthy, but I wonder. I was yes. Just I definitely, I definitely thought about that. And then mm-hmm. also like, they didn't want me to breastfeed Sam because it could have put Charlie, it could have had Charlie come early too. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So they, the doctors weren't excited about the early arrival. Mm, right, <laughs> they wouldn't right, have right. let me do that. But yeah, that um, makes sense. That's the responsible thing. I was just, yeah, I know. You. I was the same way. Yeah. And I was just she, curious. Um, she, like, we kind of always had planned on maybe inducing him a week early for her. And then as soon as, I got pregnant. She was like, you're going to make me wait the whole time, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but anyway, so she was like progressing really quickly after she was induced. And 
my husband was hanging out in our room while she was laboring and I was with her the whole time. Like I wanted to support her, but also like, I just felt terrible that she was like, I mean, I felt like she was dying and (laughs) it was so painful, I'm sure. And so I just like wanted to like be there and do like anything she needed me to do like Mm -hmm. at all. Did she just never use epidurals or was it? No, she always had used epidurals actually, but one of her babies had come too quickly for her to get one once. Okay. And it was, she said it was like her best recovery she ever had. So she like wanted to try again and she tried to not use an epidural with her most recent baby she had, but she ended up asking for it. Okay. So she actually started asking for it again with Sam, but he was just like, it was too late. Too far along. Yeah. And, um, so they were like, you might want to go like, let your husband know that it's probably, he's probably coming. He he was like seven centimeters or something. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I went next door. I was like using the bathroom. And then I hear all this yelling outside and they're like, get the parents, hurry, hurry, hurry or whatever. And I was like, they can't, that can't be for us. And like, I went out there and they're like pulling my husband out of the room. And so I like am running after him and we got into the room next door. And then Sam came out literally like 30 seconds later, like he was coming out. Like she didn't, she, between being seven centimeters and him coming out was probably like five minutes. Wow. Yeah. So he came out really fast. Uh Um, they, they actually just pulled in like a GP that was walking like by the room to deliver him because the OB didn't have time to get there. Wow. They're like, Hey um, kid, can we get in here? <laughs> pretty much. And like, so basically the nurses delivered him cause he was wow. like, I don't know what I'm well, doing. Nurses are superheroes anyway. Yeah. That's oh awesome. my God. They were like, they had the whole thing under control. Yeah. But so then I cut the cord and it was really like amazing and scary and Uh crazy. Wow. And then they like cleaned him off. And then we went to our own room and like my parents and sister and Matt's parents and grandma were in the room waiting for us. They were actually like listening outside the room. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they all got to see him and like everybody held him for like a minute or two. And then Matt and I got to do like skin to skin with him for like two hours by ourselves. Wonderful. Yeah. It was, it was like so perfect and Uh he was so cute and he looked, he looks like, well, I think he looks like me now, but he looked exactly like my husband when he popped out. So, okay. So did um, the other baby inside of you have any, like, was, did you feel movement or like, I'm sure you wanted to put um, Sam on your belly. So yeah. Yeah. I, at that point, cause I only had a month left. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like moving the whole, oh. all day, every day. He's like, I'll be um, there soon. Brother. Yeah. It was, it was pretty weird. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. It was, it was cool. And yeah. then, um, yeah, so we just, we brought him home and that month was like, everybody's like, how were you nine months pregnant with a newborn? And like, I'm sure yeah. the people that didn't know you are like, what's happening here? Right. <laughs> oh, how many yeah, times like, did you have to explain? Yeah. A lot because yeah. if I took him anywhere, like people were like, you look pregnant still. Like nobody <laughs> said that to me, obviously, but like, right. I didn't Did you look- come up with like a party line that you would just like tell everybody like the same <laughs> thing, you know, like, just like, I know I am pregnant. Like, did you? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. We obviously didn't leave the house a lot during that time, but mm-hmm. I did a couple of times and like the, the ladies at the nail place were really confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then but- what happened with your, your labor? 
Um, so mine was, I was like really, really scared, even though I had just, well, maybe that's why I was really, really scared because the only labor I had ever seen was one, an unmedicated birth. And, Mm -hmm. but I got the epidural, like the second that I could. Mm -hmm. And my labor, like wasn't bad at all. Um, I was pushing for four hours, but it was because every time I pushed, his heart rate would go down. So they thought maybe the cord was wrapped around his neck. And so um, they took me off the Pitocin and just so that I could have more time in between each contraction, mm-hmm. just to like let him recover in between my pushing. And so I was really only pushing like three or four times an hour, which really sucked. And so when he finally did come out, he was just squeezing the cord with his hand. He like had the cord in his hand. Oh, wow. And also like a weird thing that happened was like his, so his head came out and I couldn't push for like another seven minutes. I had to wait for my contraction to come. So I was just kind of sitting there, like get him out of me. Mm -hmm. I was, it was the weirdest thing. The doctor was like, look, he has hair. And I was like, oh my God, I don't care. Yes. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. It was, it was really weird, but Mm -hmm. then he came out and he was like, looked exactly like Sam. It was so weird. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and everything was good. He was just healthy and horrible and my like recovery was really easy and good. And now here we are. So are you, if you don't mind in terms of the breastfeeding, I know you weren't able to do Sam at first. Did you pick up with both of them or did you not do it at all? Or did you do Um, it with just Charlie or? Yeah. So I had decided that Sam was like on a good kind of routine and he was eating a ton already for just being four weeks old. And Mm -hmm. so I decided just to keep him on the formula Mm -hmm. formula. And I actually had a breast milk donor, um, for him. So he had like half breast milk, half formula Mm -hmm. for a while. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then, um, I tried to breastfeed Charlie in the hospital. Like I breastfed him. And then when I got home, it was just too hard. So I pumped for Mm -hmm. him for a couple of weeks and then, and then now they're just both on formula. Mm -hmm. Okay. So which one your, your Instagram is bean and biscuit. So which one's bean and which one's biscuit? So Sam actually is biscuit. Okay. And they were just like their nicknames before they had real names. I think my my mother-in-law, like when she saw the first ultrasound of Sam, she was just like, oh my goodness, he's such a cute little biscuit. So how are things going? They're going really good. Um, It was, you know, kind of hard to be by myself with them for a while, but now we're good. I, my like biggest priority was to get them like synced up onto the same schedule. Mm-hmm. And so now that that's good, we're just rocking and rolling over here. What a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Of course. Thank you for having and me. I'm I, sorry that you went through all of the, everything that you went through, but it's so amazing that you ended up with these two little guys and they're just so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I, I still can't believe like that was me that like, mm-hmm did all that. Mm -hmm. And I still don't feel like, I don't know. I feel like, I don't feel like I'm like a strong enough person to do all that, but I did. Yeah, you are, you are. And I have to say one of your posts that made me laugh when I saw it earlier this month was that you put them in the double stroller 
and you were said something like, they look like they're on a roller coaster and like you couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> they did. So it's like one's they're a little bit crazy. higher than the other one. <laughs> yeah. And they were like holding on for dear life. It was yeah. Really- And I was like, she's so cute. I loved it. So I'm glad that you're enjoying them. And I'm so happy that they're healthy and that you are too. So I know me too. I I pretty much got twins that only had to carry one and they're, they're going to be best friends. Like I'm so happy they're both boys and they can just like be little best friends. And they're finally starting to like notice each other and for each other and laugh at each other and stuff. And it's just the cutest thing ever. Yeah. That's so great. When they're old enough to hear what 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 you went through, what you your whole family went through to have them, they're going to be like, "What?" I know. They're. I hope they think it's like the coolest thing ever. Hey again, guys! Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Maggie. I still can't believe how it all shook out. What an awesome, incredible, and crazy story. So thank you, Maggie, for sharing that with us today. I also want to remind you guys to please, if you have a moment, go over to Instagram and follow at Fertility Rally. That's where you're going to find all the latest info for the rally that Blair, Nelson, and I are throwing in Brooklyn in October. So it's going to be a really fun event. I'd love for you guys to all be there if you can. And more info coming soon. All right. Thanks. Talk to you next time.